welcome to A Cry for Kelp with me, Nick Woodlands, where I've been interviewing the movers and shakers of the seaweed industry. We're six episodes in and therefore halfway through this first season. And I wanted to do a little recap of what we've learned so far. And I look forward to what you're going to get from the next six episodes. Before I do that, I want to answer a question a number of people have asked me. Why did I start this podcast in the first place? Well, it's because I believe in the potential for seaweed to help the planet, not only as a great way to draw carbon out of the atmosphere, but also as a zero and often low carbon alternative to many everyday foods, fuels and materials we use. But I noticed when I was doing my reading around it, there's so much hype. You know, articles in big publications making big claims, short, pithy videos on YouTube that don't really cover everything. But when you scratch beneath the surface, you don't really get to any real detail until you hit the big, meaty academic studies, which I'll be perfectly honest, I do not have the brain power to compute. So I wanted to bridge that gap and give people who want to join maybe a seaweed company or start their own seaweed project or just become a better seaweed advocate, a comprehensive understanding of the industry. And I wanted to do that in an easily digestible way. So I thought a podcast was the best medium. Now, I couldn't do it without my lovely guests, and I owe them a big thanks. We had Petra from Hortimari, who walked us through the seaweed breeding process. We had Kyla from Kelp Crofting, who told us what life was like as a seaweed farmer. Rob from Biosphere North Devon presented a really compelling vision for a vertically integrated, localised seaweed industry. David from CH4's explanation of how seaweed can mitigate methane emissions was equally as compelling. Pierre from Notpla inspired us with his plans for seaweed-based packaging and all the benefits that that will bring to the planet. And finally, we had Alex from Crown Estate Scotland, who told us what they would want to see in order to greenlight a seaweed project up there. Thank you to all of them and thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in and offering some great feedback on what you've heard and would like to hear. At one point, we were the fourth most popular science and nature podcast in the UK. I'm very proud of that and I'm very, very grateful for you helping us get there. So what's next? Well, the keen-eared among you will have noticed some reoccurring themes in the first six episodes. Processing seaweed is a conundrum, so we're going to get a processor on. Getting money to finance a seaweed project was also an issue, so we're going to be talking to an investor. And seaweed as a fertilizer has been suggested a couple of times as the product that really could be the rocket fuel the industry needs. So we're going to talk to somebody doing just that. We'll also be exploring the controversies around carbon credits, among other ESG-type claims, like how do you quantify seaweed as a bioremediator, i.e. how does it help the water and the ecosystem around it? And we're going to cover two other great seaweed-based products, a seaweed fuel and a seaweed food. So I hope you're as excited to listen as I am to have these conversations. Please do keep the feedback coming. Please keep spreading the word to any seaweed sceptics you know and any seaweed advocates who maybe don't realise they are yet. And finally, look out for some great Cry for Kelp stash becoming available at the end of the season. Thanks again for listening and you'll hear from me very, very soon.